This is the Max Yao Leadership Podcast. Hello, my friend. My name is Max Yao, and it's my honor to welcome you to episode number one of the Max Yao Leadership Podcast. Can I ask you for a favor? Please hit the subscribe button because it helps more than you think. If you don't know anything about me, which is very likely, I'll start by saying that I am passionate about leadership. I read and listen everything I can on leadership. I also get to practice and develop my leadership skills at home, at work, and in the wider community. At home, my wife and I have been married for almost 21 years, and we are the proud parents of three wonderful children. At work, I currently serve as the market group CFO for the UK and the Nordic at Otis Elevator Company. Throughout my career, I was fortunate to work with and learn from truly remarkable leaders. I quickly became convinced of two things. Number one, anyone's ability to lead is one of the most critical factors that determine the size of their success at work and in life. And number two, the quality of the leader is essential to the success of any organization and its people. These two beliefs led me to become a massive student of leadership. And I wanted to share what I learned with others. So I created the Self-Empowerment Leadership Institute to help corporate executives and entrepreneurs across the world develop their leadership skills and grow their career and business. In fact, we just opened the registration for our next sessions. Go to selfempowermentinstitute.com or click on the link below to reserve your seat now because there are only few spots available. I want to contribute to the development of leaders and this podcast is part of my effort to doing just that. Here's what you can expect. For the first month, we'll release three or four episodes to get things going. Each episode, we'll have an accompanying PDF that you can download. What's really important to me is to hear from you. If you have got questions, you can email to me at podcast at maximiao.com and I'll answer to them in special Q&A episodes. Let's dive in today's content, which is about the importance of having a vision, even and especially when we appear to lose sight of where we are. The, the, the one side of the equation is already taken care of. You have someone there who believes in you. So I was running and I was veering off course. It was, you know, it was, it was just a mistake. And just say to yourself that, hey, like you possess a certain set of gifts and qualities and talents. Someone sees that, trusting your ability to do this or to do that. My guest today is an exceptional leader who teaches people to see. He believes that there is no need for sight when you have a vision. His story is incredible and there's so much to learn from him. Lex Gillette is an amazing champion. He is the best totally blind long and triple jumper in the history of the US Paralympic movement. He is a current world record holder in the long jump a five-time Paralympic medalist, a four-time long jump world champion, and an 18-time U.S. national champion. He is the only totally blind athlete to ever eclipse the 22-foot barrier in the long jump. As a blind person, 
Lex had to overcome many challenges coming from the fact that he cannot see. This did not prevent him from becoming a world champion and in the long jump. I believe that as a leader, there is a lot we can learn from the experience of blind persons when it comes to leading at times when we have little or no visibility. His unique story led Lex to coin the phrase, no need for sight when you have a vision. In this interview, you learn from his wisdom and you'll be inspired. We release the conversation with Lex in two episodes. This is part one of the interview and part two will come in the next episode. Let's welcome Lex Gillette. Hi, Lex. Hey, what's going on, Max? How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a real honor to have you. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Very good. Hey, Lex. So um, th this is a, a podcast about leadership. You know, the audience is uh, our senior executive and uh, entrepreneurs who join us to, to, to learn about leadership tools and secrets to improving their, in their, in their, in their, in their leadership um, journey. And uh, before we get into the detail, would you mind introducing yourself to, to our audience, please? Yep. So I am a I'm a Paralympic athlete. I train and compete for Team USA. I am currently here in San Diego, California. So this is where I spend a lot of my time training and preparing for the upcoming Paris Paralympics. However, I'm from the East Coast of the United States. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. And as a kid in Raleigh, I was playing video games, riding bicycles, had a lot of fun. Up until I was eight years old, I could see, I could see very well. At that time is when I started to have retina detachments, which they happened out of the blue. So no accident, I didn't fall down, nothing along those lines. Went through a string of 10 operations to try and fix the, the retina detachments. After the 10th operation, the last one that year, doctors said that there wasn't anything else they could do to help my sight. And they said that I would eventually become blind. From that day forward, it was go home, go through your normal routine, eventually go to sleep at night. You wake up the next morning. Each day you see less than what you do the day before until one day I finally woke up and couldn't really make out much of anything. Wow, that's that's uh, that's that's uh, a big to handle at uh, eight years old. How did you feel on the day you woke up and you realized that you could no longer see? I think that it was one of those things where, since it was a gradual decrease, I believe that subconsciously I was getting to that point of realizing that this was going to be reality. So when it actually happened and I woke up and I couldn't really see anything, it was the final nail in the coffin. That nail all along had been getting, it had been getting hit deeper, 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 deeper into the wood. And then that final hit that day when you wake up, it's like, okay, well, I think that I kind of saw this coming all the while. No, no pun intended. Hmm. But did you at an, an any time um, hope that 
you could recover the site or did you jump into that new reality straight away? I think those initial stages, yeah, I think you certainly want to, you want your site restored and you want things to return to what they were previously. I had gotten to, at that point, I think that when you have these trusted professionals who let you know that, oh, we're going to do everything in our power to help salvage your site, then that eventually turns into, okay, we can't do anything else. That is when I feel like my mom and I basically had to come to grips with, with all right, this is going to be the new reality. It certainly didn't make it any easier to deal with in those beginning stages, those first few weeks and months, but at least there was some bit of closure, if you will. And not to, I feel like that was important because, all right, yeah, we could try and find other options, but again, we were told that there weren't any other options. So let's figure out how to get back on the right path. Let's figure out how to work through these emotions and, and all of the thoughts and things that you might have, but how can we really overcome this and turn this tragedy into a triumph? Excellent. Yeah, I, I'm reading a book and they, they talk about post-traumatic growth, how you turn a negative experience and in your case, something that you know you, you're going to live with it for the rest of your life, how you turn that into something that become a, a catalyst for growth. And uh, I, I hear a lot of what you interview, you refer a lot to your mom. In your case, can, can you describe what, what really helped you uh, recover from, from this and you know, make this new reality something that would help you propel for the rest of your life? It was my mom really exposing me to a lot of different pieces of technology, tools, resources, programs. Of course, she was one of the first individuals who, first people who let me know that you still can go into the world and do awesome things. I think that as, as my mom, as our parents, you would hope that they provide that type of encouragement. You expect for them to provide that type of, of encouragement and, and assistance, help, love, et cetera, et cetera. So certainly from a, a verbal standpoint, she lifted me up, but I think that she even went beyond that and put some action behind those words, which she helped me to navigate around my neighborhood. So previously I was able to see that with my, with my eyesight, with my eyes. Now I had to learn how to navigate around that neighborhood by using the texture under my feet or understanding how many steps that it takes to get here or using the sounds of my footsteps bouncing off of this wall or that wall. And so I had to really learn that neighborhood in a different light, a different way, which was really, really helpful. That ultimately assisted me in seeing what was truly possible and in this day and age, you know, as, as leaders, as human beings, we want to solve problems. We want to overcome challenges so that it opens the door for the people who will or open the doors for ourselves, but also open the doors for those who will 
come behind us. And so her exposing me to so many different things and introducing me to this person, that person, someone teaching me how to read Braille, someone teaching me how to use a computer with the speech software on it. Those were helping me to see that, oh, okay, well, these problems that previously existed are now being solved. That was the type of mindset, or excuse me, that was the foundation that really helped to establish the mindset that I have now, which is, you know, every day that I wake up, I'm unable to see anything from, from a, a sight standpoint. And challenges are something that, that really, that drives me, that motivates me. So I'm thinking that every day that I walk on this planet, you know, how can I create the world that I want to see? How can I recognize these challenges and use the energy within to solve these challenges and problems that might exist? No, that, that's really powerful. That, that's that, that's uh, incredible. So then how did you get into becoming an athlete? Because, you know, one thing is you're blind, you're learning the new your new environment but then to go on and become an athlete which you know intuitively one would think that is even more challenging to to get into that field can you can you describe how you got to that and the why why long jump specifically yeah i was in high school we had this fitness test that all of the students in the school had to participate in one of the activities was standing long jump so you bend your knees, put your arms back, you jump forward as far as you can. They measure your, your jump. I had one of the best jumps in the entire school. I, was, I had the best jump in our entire freshman class, and I was one of the like, top three jumpers in the entire school, and it measured around 10 feet. So um, I want to say that's like three meters, uh, three meters, 10, somewhere around there. It was, it was pretty far. And from there, my teacher, he knew about the Paralympics. He told me about how it was the highest pinnacle competition for athletes who have a physical disability. You could travel the world. You could break records. You can win medals. You can represent Team USA. That sounded pretty exciting, pretty exciting to me as, as a 14-year-old 14 14-year-old 14 high school student. He then takes me down to the track and shows me everything about the long jump. So, of course, I was really good at standing long jump. They have running long jump in the Olympics and Paralympics. So let's try that out first. Shows me that there is a, a runway. That's where you that's where you run. Shows me that there's a takeoff board in the ground. Shows me that there's a sand pit that you jump inside of. So he shows me the length of that, the width of that. That really gave me the opportunity to envision and imagine what that environment looked like from there he told me that okay well since you can't see anything i am going to stand at the takeoff board the takeoff point i'm going to clap and yell so yeah you can't see anything but you can listen to the sound that i'm creating i want you to run to the sound of my voice remember how many strides that you take will determine that at the right step You'll jump, soar through the air, land in the sand. That was how he, that was how he laid it out in the beginning. And of course, <laughs> of course, it was, 
it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, he, like you're crazy. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. This is like unheard of, but it's so amazing when you have these influential people in your life who really, who empower you and they provide guidance and they paint a vision for you a lot of times before you're able to see it yourself. And that's what my teacher, Mr. Whitmer, that's who he was for me. No, that, that's really powerful. You're right. The, 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 the influence of teachers is quite incredible here. But then, I, I mean, I guess you, you had to trust him, right? Because you could not see. Yep. And he would ask you to, to run that far and jump at that point. So you, so you really needed to trust him. Yeah, that was definitely one thing that we had to to get over. And I think there, there were two levels to it because you think about trusting him. What was going on in my mind was, oh, I might run into something. Or I might twist my ankle or fall off of a ledge or a curve or something like that. He would literally paint that image of the environment. Lex, you don't have anything to worry about. You're not going to run into a pole you have the runway that is outstretched in front of you. It's on the ground. Of course, on either side of the runway is grass and is flush with the side of the runway. So you're not going to run off of a curb. There's no ledge or anything that might create an injury. You have this wide open space. So if you just so happen to veer to the left or the right, it's totally fine. We'll just go back to the, to the beginning mark, the start mark. I'll set you up. I'll jog down to the takeoff board and we'll, we'll, we'll start again. And you just run to the sound of my voice. So he really painted that, that image for me and let me know that there's nothing terribly wrong that could, that could happen here. And that really helped to build a lot of that, that trust that we had between he and I. Now, then I think it was also me trusting myself and i think that we all kind of deal with this from time to time where you're faced with these daunting times moments in life where it really feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and in those cases i think we really have to kind of find that that neutral space if you will from a from a mental standpoint and and just say to yourself that hey like i like you possess a certain a certain set of gifts and qualities and talents someone sees that so trust in your ability trust in your ability to do this or to do that and give yourself a shot and try it out and see what happens because you never really know if you just sit on the sidelines and you just say uh i don't i don't think that i want to do that you know really tap into that courage and and trust yourself because the, the, the one side of the equation is already taken care of. You have someone there who believes in you and who's making sure that the environment, that the table is set for you to, uh, to sit at. But I guess you certainly did not always went on plan, right? You probably had some situations where maybe the, you, 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 you jump on the off, off course, or I think I've seen one, one picture, one of the, the, the 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 championship where you know you you had to run you jumped and then you didn't land on the sand can, yeah. can you describe some of those situations and how did you feel about that and 
what allows you to to come back again and try again yeah it <laughs> so yes there one most notably there is the 2015 world championships where i ran jumped landed on the side of the sand pit it is on youtube very available for any of you listening to watch if you if that's something that you want to check out but as you watch that video you will notice that so i was running and i was veering off course and a lot of that is triggered because when you're inside of these huge stadiums and there's a lot of people there they could be cheering clapping their hands that creates a, a challenge for me as someone who's blind because I'm listening to my guide. So if you have external sounds that are loud, really, really loud, that could totally interfere with your ability to hear where your guide is. You also find yourself in these, in these facilities where when your guide is clapping and yelling, you might be right next to the grandstands. So when they're clapping, it's echoing. So that now creates another challenge around sound. So you really have to work with your guide to get on the same page to make sure that they are creating the best path for you to get down from start mark to the takeoff board. At that particular competition, 2015 World Championships, we're in Doha, Qatar, and I ran jumped veered to the right hand side and i landed on the side of the pit definitely didn't feel good <laughs> i i ripped my tights and i think i probably mooned the crowd a little bit which wasn't good um <laughs> but my guide he was able to get me some new some new tights to wear for the competition it was embarrassing it was something that i've totally been on the sidelines before where it's happened to other athletes you hear them jump and you hear that excruciating sound of, of just something, something skidding across the ground. And it's like, oh, oh, I know that hurt. And I used to always tell myself, ah, you know, that, that's not going to happen to me. I, you know, I'm on the best at this. And, and, you know, sure enough, it did happen. And um, a couple of things, again, I felt, embarrassed i felt ashamed because you have a lot of people watching not only inside of the stadium but everyone who's watching from around the world on the live cast so i did not want that to be the last image that people saw of me i certainly had a lot more left in the tank i was you know you're at a world championships you're at a at a high level competition so I didn't want that to be the last image that people saw of me. And again, I still had something left in the tank. I felt like I could get back out there. Number two, I felt like it was important for me to let my guide know that you know, I still, everything is fine. I know that every time that I step on this runway to jump, there's a possibility that something of that nature could happen but I don't want you to be deterred by that. We have a goal and that's to get out here, to win gold, to break records, to have fun. And this is just a part of the, a part of the journey. And the last thing that I will say is there's so many times in life where we are successful 
many, many, many times. And I'll stay on the sports context because if you play, let's say, uh, we call it soccer, but around the world, football, any forward would die to be, you know, if they took 100 shots at the goal, they would die to be 99, to score 99 goals out of 100. Anyone who plays basketball would love to be 99 out of 100 from the from the free throw line. Anyone who plays baseball would love to bat 999 out of 1,000. Up until that point, my God and I have been working together since 2007. 2015, that was the first time I've landed on the side of the pit. I would imagine that we've taken thousands of jumps together. So using that same that same math and that same equation, I will take 999 successful jumps out of a thousand every single day of the week. It was, you know, it was, it was just a mistake. I let them know that, Hey, this is, this is what things sound like from my vantage point. Sounds like your voice is coming from this direction. We were able to have that conversation and he made the proper adjustments as to where he was positioned at the takeoff board. And from there, I had one more jump remaining. I was able to you know, run straight ahead as fast as possible, jumped, was excited and thrilled to actually land inside of the sand, but even more thrilled to know that that was my best jump of the competition. And we, we won the gold medal in the world championship. Excellent. Now that's the very inspiring going from landing on the side to winning the gold medal. That's uh, that's, that's true leadership. This was the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining us. To listen to future episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Until next time, keep being the leader everybody trusts and respects.